0: You're listening to episode 262 of the Major Issues Podcast. Sadly, A-Rob, the Marvel God, is not feeling well, so we will have no news portion, but we'll be covering Avengers Earth's Mightiest Hero, the comic. Major Issues starts right now! everybody out there in comic book land My name is George Serrano aka the Don and if you're listening to this you could only be here for one reason. And it's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comic book click every single week and this week unfortunately we don't have our news guru rob the marvel god he is healing from some uh, he was going through a bit of an emergency i've been sending wishes well wishes there but i am never alone we brought somebody very special in to tackle the topic of the day sir if you could please introduce yourself
1: thank you for having me back y'all name is uh, b roke for days or alex
0: <laughs> Alex is back. B-Roke is back. Uh we're finishing up this year. What a year it's been. I can't believe we blinked and it's already December. We only have uh one more podcast mm-hmm. left for this year after this episode. So we knew we had to get B-Roke in. Um you actually recommended the comic that we'll be talking about Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Uh is there a reason in particular that this comic kind of sprang from your head?
1: Um yeah. I mean It's the end of the year. Phase four of the MCU is pretty much at a close. And I'm noticing that everybody's kind of in this nostalgia mode. And, you know, everybody's yearning for the days of, you know, RDJ's Iron Man and Chris Evans's cap. And even the, (laughs) oddly enough, even the original version of Thor that Chris Helmsworth did. That was before the unfortunate. Thor, Love and Thunder. And it just reminded me of this story uh, by Joe Casey and Scott Collins back in the early 2000s, where they recognized the nostalgia for the original 1960s run of the Avengers. And they retold the origin, you know, of those first like 16 issues of the Avengers and not only retold it, but reworked it and fleshed it out to make yes. it more mainstream and and really get into the those little nooks and crannies of the characters that at the time uh, uh, Stan Stan and Jack just didn't get into. Um, so so it just reminded me of like, wow, like back in the early 2000s, comic book readers were nostalgic for the simpler days of the Avengers. Because in right. the early 2000s, here we had, you know, Bendis bringing in his new Avengers, you know, this, this crazy ragtag team of damn near anti-heroes. You had, you know, Iron Fist and Power Man, aka Luke Cage, Wolverine, Spider-Man, teaming up with, you know, Captain America and Iron Man. Um, oh, Spider-Woman, you know, just this right. the, the, sen- the century, you know, this, <laughs> this team that was just so off the wall that at the same time they said hey joe joe casey scott collins you guys want to retell the origin of the original avengers lineup so i just want to show you know our viewership and also anybody else who just has this itch for quote-unquote simpler times hey you can still go back and read simpler times
0: yeah um you know we we like you just said, Phase 4 just ended. We don't have an Avengers team as of right now in the MCU. Um, we all remember how our MCU Avengers got together and in what circumstances they decided to become a team. But, yeah, this retraces the original team and its original um, lineup, which I don't think a lot of people might be aware of as mm-hmm. far as, like, who joins, who who kind of falls by the wayside. And what the team ends up becoming and what it ends up standing for in those earlier episodes or earlier issues. One of the things I found in reading this was, um, unfortunately, I have, uh, a a gap in my knowledge, right? I have a gap from these earlier times and they don't spend a lot of time while they reference other issues. I think, I think they reference the issue in every single one of these eight issues um, of those early Avengers adventures. I don't have a frame of reference of the actual adventure. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I understand. I get it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but but I don't think it's meant for that. I think it's more meant for how these uh, battles... Ultimately tested our heroes and made them become the team that they are now Um, What's interesting about that is I'm almost certain if I went back and read the first 15 some odd issues (laughs) Of Avengers that I'd have this now greater understanding of these two pieces kind of coming together so uh, it, It enriches the OG issues that weren't fleshed out like you were talking about by fleshing them out here Which I thought was super cool Um, And also all the, all the ridiculous uh, original costumes and outfits. (laughs) Yep, Yep. Yep. (laughs) It's a lot. Um, The actual like plot synopsis is uh, this is where the legend began. A look into the early pivotal period of the Marvel universe when five fledgling heroes, Iron Man, Thor, Giant Man, the Wasp, and the Hulk banded together to fight The foes no single hero could overcome. But how did the public react? How did the U.S. government react? Previously, untold secrets surrounding the formation of the Avengers are revealed here. Five individuals must learn to work as a team and forge a legend. And yeah, um, we're talking about a team that is now probably more popular than the Justice League, even though they, uh, you know, Justice League predates them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's integral to know how and why this team came about. Um, one of the things that it kind of glosses over is, if I'm not mistaken, they originally banded up to face, was it the Hulk or was it Loki or was it a combination of both?
1: It was kind of a combination of both. It was okay. uh, the the first Avengers movie really pays homage to, to it, but it doesn't quite do it the same. Um, right. De- depending on who you ask, you know, the movie does it better or the comic does it better. But yeah, um, Loki basically tricks everyone into fighting each other. And the key, the key to his puzzle is the Hulk. So he has the Avengers fighting the Hulk in hopes of um, them all killing each other, especially Thor, because we all know that Loki hates Thor. Right. Um, and this is not, this is not a, uh, a version of Loki that wants to eventually make amends with his brother. This is, this is straight up old school. I want to <laughs> kill my brother, you know? Yeah. So in that very first issue of the Avengers, yeah, that's what happens. They, they all start fighting each other. And then they realize, wait a minute, we're not each other's enemy. We're being manipulated. And then they turned their attention towards Loki, which is why, to this very day, people recognize, hey, the, the original team fought each other and banded together because they all had a common enemy in Loki. Right. But, but funny enough, <laughs> the common enemy eventually becomes Hulk.
0: Right. And I guess they did a bit of an homage to that in Age of Ultron, right? The fact that Scarlet Witch was able to, like, kind of mind control the Hulk and then Iron Man had to try to put him down. You're right, uh, I think that was in Africa. Yep. Um, so this adventure kind of starts off right after that, right? Right after people have realized that these people have banded together uh, kind of unofficially, but this, it becomes official, which is like, I always thought about that. Like when it came to like the empire and star Wars, like when did they start coming up with uniforms and, you know, like who, who designer was in there coming up with their battle armor and stuff like that. So right. it's cool to see like the logistical part of, of the team in this comic.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like starting in issue one, it, it just starts off with the idea that, yeah, they, they banded together to fight. To, and then they realized that they should make this a consistent team. But there there are no uniforms. It's right. you, up until this issue, everyone else had a, had been first had their first appearances and even several adventures in previous comics elsewhere. Um, yes. You know, Thor was in Journey into Mystery. Uh, Hulk had debuted in his own comic. I believe Tales to Astonish is where Ant-Man and the Wasp debuted yep. and uh, Iron Man, I believe he debuted in his own comics, but even, even at that point, they would all kind of bleed into each other's stories. I believe even at that point until eventually right. Stan and Jack said, you know what, let's like, just, just like you said, well, I'm trying to actually wonder when did the, the, when did the Justice League debut versus when the Avengers debuted? That's actually I can
0: a, a tell well, you that. I can tell you that right now. So the Justice League uh is 1960.
1: Okay, and the Avengers I think was
0: 63. Yeah, I want to yeah. say I believe it it is uh, 63. Yep, September of yeah. 63. Yeah. And it also has to be stated that while that is a, you know, that's not that big of a of a 13 years, something like that. <laughs> uh, what did I say the other thing was? Three, 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 oh, three, three years. Three, three years. years. Well, that no, is the, three years. Yeah, like you said, the but the JSA, right? <laughs> right? The JSA uh, first appeared in 1940. Right,
1: right. and But they, they weren't that popular. But like the Justice League even, all those heroes in the Justice League, you know, Superman, Green Lantern, The Flash, Wonder Woman, Superman, all those heroes had been around for decades. And it wasn't yeah. until the 1960 that DC realized, yo, we should put these guys on the same team, you yep. know? Um, whereas Marvel kind of did it very quickly. Uh, all their heroes had debuted mostly with the exception of Captain America, who was not part of the original lineup, who was not the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he doesn't even debut onto the team until issue number four. Um, the, right. the, the other heroes who had been prominent in the comics already, were the ones who became the original lineup, you know, Ant Man, Wasp, Hulk, Thor, and Iron Man. So Marvel with Stan and Stan, you know, with Stan Lee and all those other guys, Jack Kirby and yeah you know, um and everybody else who was part of the part of the, the teams, the editorial teams and whatnot, they were the ones that quickly realized, look, man, we, we have we already have this this solid lineup of heroes. Let's stick them together. You know what 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 better way to create more heroics and more drama and to take all these 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 heroes that are working so well on their individual basis and slap them together.
0: Yeah. And um if I'm not mistaken the original before they even thought about putting these guys together the original competition for Justice League from Marvel was supposed to be Fantastic 4. Like, that was supposed to be the super team, Marvel super team. That was like one of the first things that they greenlit. You know, that's one of the first things they put all their heart and soul into was a super team, uh, you know, this family, Marvel's first family, super team stuff. But this Avengers thing took that to a whole nother level. So I have a synopsis of each episode, I um, mean, or each issue. I keep saying that. Um, and they, they can come a bit curt, so I don't, want to say that i'm rushing through anything you know but um i'm coming up with the what i don't want to seem like i'm passing right through some of the beautiful art that's in this book but i uh, just kind of wrote down the details as they present themselves so we will go on a full recap and review of earth's mightiest heroes full spoiler alert starting now (laughs) let's go so our story starts off with tony stark and pepper potts going over new documents dealing with a charter of some sort. Street tough Clint Barton watches TV as the media focuses all of its attention on the news of five superpower beings banding together as the Avengers. And Clint likes to uh, hustle a guy at pool. Uh, People seem mostly concerned with the inclusion of the Hulk on the team, who most see as a mindless, uncontrollable monster. But Tony, through his butler Iron Man, Assures people that the Hulk is not to be seen as a menace, but more so like one of them. While the bar, while some bar patrons seem concerned with this new all superpowers team, um, and whether or not they could be trusted, Clint believes that they might actually be trying to help. Um, so, okay, case, case some of the uninitiative, that's one of the first things that they put out right there on Front Street. The idea that the identity of Iron Man is Tony Stark's butler, yep. um, which was which is how the story was originally uh, made. How do you feel about that? How did you feel about the MCU's kind of reluctance to play around in that? Like they kind of played around with it for a bit, and he's like, nah, screw it. It's it's me." <laughs> well, you
1: know, it just takes you back to again, like simpler times. You know, like people there were they, it, that first movie that uh, quickly establishing that Iron Man is just like, "Screw it, I, Tony Stark. I'm Iron Man." Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, like him revealing himself as Iron Man didn't happen for decades. Yeah. You know, the the whole like the effort that he went through to make it so that people thought he was his bodyguard was mm-hmm. was insane. You know, he'd he'd constantly just be like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm Iron Man and yeah, I hid Tony away in a in a bunker. All right, and <laughs> then I came out here to to help you guys, you know. Um <laughs> Or, or he'd even at one point, you know, make a remote-controlled <clears throat> suits. Yeah, that would show up next to next to him and be like, "Yeah, see, that's my that's my two uh, different
0: people.
1: <laughs> I'm two different people, you know, <laughs> clearly having like a remote control in his pocket, you know, <laughs> right? Um, Yeah, so I I I I, I dig it because it's it's it, it's just cheesy. It's cheesy. It's, yeah. it, it really makes it's the whole Superman concept, right? Like the whole idea of how do you not realize it's the same person
0: yeah you know like
1: like oh oh how convenient that every time iron man shows up tony stark is like not here like it's (laughs) a dead it's a dead giveaway
0: right right
1: you know the 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 the, uh the arts of coming up with the the cheesy excuse well oh you know tony must be buried in the rubble and now his bodyguard's here to save him but first he has to fight whiplash
0: (laughs) yeah 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 And uh, yeah, um, because they have all the hoops of logic (laughs) that they have to come through.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Meanwhile, you know, like, and that's another thing you, you, that's, I, I, that's what I love about the fact that the MCU just said to hell with it. Like they didn't, they didn't even try to play around with it. And I believe that scene was even improvised with when uh, Robert Downey Jr. Did that. It's the idea that, yeah, man, we live in modern times where there are cameras everywhere and there are people who are perpetually coming up with these, these theories so why why even try to mess with it when if you watch the first Iron Man movie, he, by the end of it, you're just sitting there going, Yeah, I'm pretty sure somebody has videotape of you know Tony Stark becoming Iron Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, at one at one point in the movie, what? Um, when he's fighting the Iron Monger, Iron Monger's using like using like a bow surround sound system, and he's blatantly yeah, like, to Tony,
0: Tony, like somebody so, had to be
1: nearby, like, huh. That guy's fighting Tony Stark. Tony Stark's in that Iron Man suit, you know? <laughs> I,
0: I <laughs> like, love that even though like obviously this was rated in the 2000s, they still put him in that washing machine that he originally first built. <laughs> that huge exactly. big mech suit.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's it's the huge mech suit it's, It writes, Right. And I and I love seeing that. I like like I said, because this was really one to to educate people on like, look, man, this is the way the comics were back in the day, and to mm-hmm. show people the ideas that existed there. And I like the idea that it's showing you like how he started, you know, mm-hmm. um, because you know the movie came out in what two thousand nine, two thousand eight,
0: or seven, yeah,
1: two thousand eight. So like we're already past the idea of you know plugging plugging a suit in to charge it up. You know, so so I get why. Of course, in the movies they wouldn't do that, but here we are now in in real time, so to speak. When Iron Man first debuted in the '60s, yeah, (laughs) there was no the idea of having like a battery that's going to be powerful enough to power this kind of a suit. It was unimaginable. So, of course, it's like, dude, plug it in. You know what I mean? (laughs) You got to plug it in. So I dig it. I dig seeing seeing that. I really loved. Seeing the idea of this Knights of the Roundtable uh, occurrence, you know, where Iron Man, Iron Man calls everybody. And he's such a businessman, even in his superhero antics, that he drafts this hopeful charter for this team, this team that's going to protect not just New York City or this short, this small area of wherever everyone's going. This The, the idea that this team is, hey, man, we're here to better society. You know yeah. what I mean? And we're, we're going to, we have to not only prove it to each other, but we have to prove it to the world because the world is already questioning us. The world is already looking, the world is already looking at us. Like, cause look, I mean, look at this room in this, like you said, this gorgeous spread that happens on the first couple pages where Iron Man is talking to Ant-Man and the Wasp and Thor and Hulk. You got power at this table, a power that look, the Hulk, the Hulk cannot be contained by the entire might of the American military. Thor is a god. He's a god. The dude swings a hammer and creates hurricanes and lightning storms. You know, Ant-Man has the ability to shrink to unbelievable sizes and control ants, which yeah. you know, on paper sounds stupid. But if you're a scientist, if you think about the the power you have there, you can control ants. Ants are are amazing.
0: He's a master of physics. He bends science ma- kind of to his will, right?
1: Ex- exactly. You know, and even Janet. Janet has all her powers and her spunk. And then you got this guy who's able to create, you know, these iron suits that he's perpetually upgrading. So at this table right here, you you have enough power to theoretically take over the planet. So the human, the the, the American public and the world public has a reason to fear this. Like, holy crap! It's bad enough that these dudes cause havoc wherever they're at individually now they're all together uh hmm. and how long do
0: they how long do we stay on their good side like when do they choose to decide to do something completely different or not be on our side anymore so i think it's super cool they have this meeting where they bring the people in and um you know it's it's thor it's ant-man it's the wasp it's hulk it's rick jones and um, they have a copy of the team's charter and their proposed bylaws. Thor, being a god, is unwilling to be held by any midgard standards. He lets that be known immediately. Like, okay, yes, I get, I get what you're trying to do, but I will not, you know, abide. And I was like, okay, well, there's that. Um, Hulk doesn't want to sign in general. He seems over the whole shit too. Uh, so I think that's pretty funny. Still, Stark takes the lead in setting the expectations for the group. And one of those expectations is a working relationship with the National Security Council. If they wish to have a security clearance and have the <clears> jurisdiction <throat> to fight crime as they wish, they have to make good with the National Security Council. So they agree to keep each other's identities a secret. Hank and Janet sign, but Hulk gets into an argument with Rick Jones. He decides to quit then and there. Just literally jumps out of the mansion. Um, so that, yeah he uh he lets his uh his his piece be known right there That's hank it. confesses to janet that he feels a bit intimidated by his other avengers but she puts his mind at ease saying he belongs on the team he questions whether or not he could retool the pin particles so he could grow larger in size something that she takes as an innuendo i'm like yo you're about this janet like you you you, you, down. <laughs> you down girl? <laughs> i'm down uh. yeah Uh, So I I really, really dug that. Um, That level of doubt kind of shows kind of where Hank could turn, turn, right? Like it kind of shows that you put a doubt in that man's mind. You have him believe and I mean, Napoleon complex much, right? He's he's a smaller hero, but have him believe that he may not be as powerful or as strong as some of his heroes. That's the kind of guy that ends up building Ultron. Right, like that's the kind of guy that ends up trying to uh solve the world's problems and it shows you kind of a dip what a slippery slope that inadequacy how that inadequacy can can change a man so i thought that was pretty interesting there
1: um yeah no i mean um i i love like it humanizes all of them in these first couple pages you you have like you said, this billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, right? You have this god. You have this ultra scientist, um, and how how quickly they, they show how human they are. Like they they um, <laughs> the justification for the team becomes a uh, where our whole thing is we have to deal with the Hulk, right? Hulk runs out on the team after after being with them for really just one adventure.
0: Yeah,
1: Hank, Hank. Um, Comes up with the idea to like, well, I, I can't just make myself small. Let me see if I make myself big. But he quickly realizes, no matter how big it gets, he's still not going toe to toe with the Hulk. Um, right. So he's he gets all in his feelings, <clears throat> and like you said, this this is kind of planting the seed for this guy who's going to create Ultron and, and go and, and go crazy and become Yellow Jacket, and eventually even backslap you know this his his girlfriend and his wife uh, Janet Van Dyne the Wasp, which is it's all planted here and i'm not i'm not justifying his behavior but it just shows how human they all are right iron, iron man is constantly bickering back and forth with thor because that there you have science versus versus um uh magic so you have that constant argument yeah. you know uh, hank is constantly just trying to level up to the rest of the team and janet you know he he's so blinded by his own inadequacies that he doesn't see that he has he has the one thing that none, of, no one else in on the team has, and that's someone that loves <laughs> You're him. right.
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> he has this, gorge- he has this gorgeous
1: right. girl by his side, no matter what. A girl who, you know, I, 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 uh, I hate to say it like this, but like on probably many other women would have been like, let, let me see, I can be with Hank Pym, or I can be with Iron Man, I could be with Thor, I could be with the Hulk, you know, like these mighty men but yeah. she stands by her man, no matter what, That's like even it. after he, he literally screams, don't patronize me. And she's like, oh my God, like terrified. And yeah. yet she still sticks by him. And he doesn't, he doesn't realize how lucky he is to have that. Cause the, the other people on the team don't have that. No, not even he, he close. Is, you know, so, so yeah, they go on these adventures to uh, the, the first three issues of the Avengers, like you said earlier, that they, that they glance over is one, they fight Loki. Then they fight the space phantom. A, a truly yeah. memorable villain because he's appeared uh, like never again. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> I, such a- I,
0: oddly, I think I know who you're talking about because I think I saw a very shitty animated adaptation of that when they started to take the when they because they eventually gave the Avengers an animated show, but they would just draw over the comics like they yes. would just they would just and then kind of just make the bla- the backgrounds blank or whatever yes yeah they, they literally
1: um, took they literally took the, the kirby drawings and like poorly animated them so yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah so i think i do i am aware of the space phantom there
1: yeah and but he was you know like as far as i know the space phantom has probably been used a dozen times in the history of the avengers and he's usually a, a joke villain it's mm-hmm. just it wasn't like if you ask most people, hey, who was the villain in Avengers number two back in 1963? Most people won't know. I guarantee you, even some of the most avid fans would be like, uh Loki again? No, the Space Phantom.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then uh in number in number three, it was it was again the, like the the Avengers basically justifying their own existence by having to fight their teammates. They go up against the Hulk and. Right the submariner aka namor or as er- nowadays he's called no amor right? Yeah, right uh you know um so so they go up against they go up against him so though in those first three issues the team is basically justifying its own existence by fighting the hulk fighting yeah. each other
0: not, issue- not a good
1: look not a good look
0: no 100 <laughs> percent. and that's the thing iron man throughout all this is trying to please special agent merch of the national security council right so they start talking and he's like yeah man i need special priority for the team and he's like well you're not gonna get that because the hulk you like have you are you in control of the hulk And he's like well actually he left the team and then so merch is like okay so you guys are not getting nothing until you handle that like you need to apprehend the hulk if you ever want that clearance um Later on, tensions get heated after a failed attempt to subdue the Gamma Goliath, and the group argue with one another until they hear an alarm on their sonar. That's what you were talking about, where Thor was arguing with Iron Man and Hank Pym and all that stuff. Um, Turns out, our ship of heroes just bumped into the frozen, costumed body of one Captain America. Who? Who? Yeah. um, uh,
1: The the comic... This comic glances over, but the reason they're able to find him frozen in the ice is because after the battle, the battle with uh, the Hulk and Namor in issue number three, Namor is so pissed when he when he retreats from his battle, he sees an Inuit tribe worshiping a, a hunk of ice, and mm-hmm. he gets so mad about it that he destroys it, like 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 a, like an angry god. He gets upset that they're not worshiping him, so he breaks this idol. And then he realizes, oh, snap, um, my old World War II buddy is frozen in this hunk of ice. And he goes out of his way to kind of just push it towards the Avengers who are, who are coming back from their battle with the Hulk and Namor. And he pushes it towards their submarine. And mm-hmm. that's, where, that's where they find it. And they bring it in. And the classic... Panel that you know most comic readers know is th- them thaw him, thawing him out of the ice, where he he literally goes right back into where he last left off, which was seeing Bucky explode on on this on, on a missile. So he that's the panel you see him where Bucky, you know, he's, right. he's going, he's he's being awakened from his from his long slumber, and he's still in that mode of I have to save my my partner. Whereas in this comic, I, it's kind of, it's kind of, um, how do you say
0: they draw it out a bit, right?
1: They draw, they draw it out, but they don't show that they show that man, like, like Steve Rogers would not come out of it like that. And it was, it was kind of, it was, it was, it was, it it threw me off even in rereading it that they Mm -hmm. didn't go with that panel. Instead, they show him calmly being examined on this, on this medical table. And he's just like, I'm fine. I'm fine.
0: You know, I think, the mo- I think the most interesting aspect of all of this is the the meta of it all. Like they were literally thawing out an old comic book character that <clears throat> they owned, right? Timely owned Captain America from back in the '40s uh, before right. it ever was Marvel, uh, and Stan Lee was kind of just <clears throat> blowing the dust off of this character from the '40s. Uh, because they've always owned him and why not Put him on the, the super team that you were just talking About you know or they, that right. they were just creating So I th- always thought that was really really cool Like he literally came off of ice Like they literally had him On ice and they and they they took him out for that um, And as you were saying After doing a few physicals it, It's determined that uh, this is Captain America Steve Rogers who's thought Long dead um, the super soldier Serum running through his veins seemingly saved His body from the irreparable damage of the Freezing cold depths of the ocean Despite some memory gaps, Steve seems okay. And Jarvis, who was a big fan of the hero when he was younger, gives him a tour and shows him his room, stating he could probably update himself with all the changes the world has endured since he was frozen. Um, The Jarvis being a big fan thing instantly reminds me of Coulson being a big fan in the Avengers film. Um, How much do you miss Jarvis as an actual person?
1: Tremendously tremendously yeah. um because even even w- within these first few pages of of the comic jarvis is he is like the the heart and soul of the team he believes in it from day one when even the the heroes themselves are bickering when even the the government is questioning it and even the human public is questioning it he is the you can almost even say he's the reader because he's the guy, he's the inside man. He's the dude who sees the hopeful stance that this team is trying to make. So he understands, like, man, like this needs to work. It's almost like uh, Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson in World War I afterwards, right? Where he said, Look, man, after this war, the planet needs to unify and we need to make this League of Nations. Otherwise, you know what's going to happen? <clears throat> it's all going to happen again. And shockingly enough, the League of Nations doesn't doesn't work, and World War Two happens. So that after World War Two, someone else goes, "Hey man, remember that idea that guy had a couple of years ago? Let's try to make that work." And then we have the United Nations. So here we here we have like this guy who you, you now realizes in in this pay by this panel when he sees once he sees Cap, he's looking at Cap with these huge eyes of like, yes, this is what we need. He immediately shows him the charter. He immediately is showing him around the mansion. He's, he's trying to show him, look, man, because like you said, I think <laughs> after those first three issues, they realize, okay, what this team is missing is leadership. They, you know, Iron Man can only do it so much. Thor is too much of a hothead. Um, Hank is, is just un, unhinged. And, you know, as much, I believe, you know, some people affectionately will say to go back before Cap. The real first team leader was the Wasp, but okay, you know um, she 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 could only do so much. So here, I believe Stan Stan and everybody realized, all right, we gotta we gotta like you said, dust off somebody. Who can we bring back, or who can we put to the into the front to to lead this team? That even <laughs> even at that time, old school readers will go, oh my. God. God, this is perfect. They bring back Captain America, he, right? You know, no, we, you, never, you never saw a body. We never had a real funeral. And it's comic books. So let's bring back Captain America, right? Stan Lee has this idea. Hey, what if Cap is just hanging out somewhere? He's frozen, right? That works.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they literally literally take him off ice. And there they just say, yada, 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 super soldier serum. There you it know? is. <laughs> there it Which is. Which happens. Yeah, I, I, I ain't mad at it um no no who
1: who is and who is it's it's no. still such a it's still such a great cover it's still it, and it, it's it's such a part of the history of the team that many people will sit there and go yeah the original team was captain america iron man thor and ant-man and the wasp and it's like no <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> yeah. but that's the way most people will remember it
0: isn't it crazy how long it took to actually introduce ant-man and the wasp after <laughs> the avengers you know, we didn't get yeah. to, we got to Avengers 2 before we introduced Ant-Man and the Watch. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, so, as the team discuss at length the suitability of Cap as an Avenger, Iron Man is very interested at the political credibility his membership would bring to the team. Thor thinks using Cap for his name is dishonorable and reminds Tony not to get Avengers business confused with his own. I love when Thor <laughs> when Thor gets on Tony's case. It happens a lot yeah uh and this happens in the remember when he came back after civil war and he's like what did you do you put a <laughs> robot version of me who do you think i am or yeah, you think yeah. you are or whatever right oh my mm-hmm. god so so killer so in this he's like don't get it twisted bro like i'm down for avengers business but don't convince uh, confuse avengers business with your business um later on disturbed by the horrific nightmares of war Captain America makes his way to the kitchen where he meets Rick Jones. They engage into some small talk about the Avengers and Cap's time at war. But eventually, Jarvis joins the pair and gives Cap much to think about uh, regarding the Avengers and his own future. And what I love about this is that Jarvis is instantly like, yeah, maybe he doesn't want to talk about all the times he was shot at and the people he had to kill. Mm-hmm. From all those years and i'm like as a soldier i'm like yeah you really don't ask that that stuff nope no, uh, you don't rick jones. So, talk about somebody missing how do you feel about the inclusion of rick jones throughout this i mean it, it's canonical, but what do you think about them making sure people know oh yeah i mean
1: in? i mean rick jones was was another person that if you when you when you talk to especially old school readers um rick jones is is a key member of, of not just the team but marvel history i mean he's the whole reason bruce banner becomes the hulk you know rick jones is is is, is, is in the middle of the yes. uh the, the, the gamma bombing bomb. test the gamma bomb test site mm-hmm. bruce banner runs out there pushes him out of the the range of the bomb and he gets caught in it rick jones feels so guilty about it that he becomes like the handler for the hulk he would later on go on to be like the handler for Captain Marvel and become even Captain America's sidekick. The I believe he goes on to take the mantle of the modern Bucky. Interesting, you, you know. Um, and then, yeah, like Rick Jones is constantly at the center <laughs> of the Avengers. Like he's the human aspect. He's the person that makes that makes the reader go, "Oh wow!" Like I could be on this team, even though even oh, though I like don't the- have a shield.
0: So he's like an audience surrogate
1: there it is there it is okay. so yeah yeah they constantly that's a classic uh writing trope that when done well it's it's a beautiful thing because i mean if you've read if you've read kingdom come or marvels the, um you know those writers mark wade and Kurt sayek use that beautifully whether it's in marvels where Kurt sayek is using i believe uh the reporter uh, phil urich i believe was his name urich uh yeah. the 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 one-eyed photographer And then in Kingdom Come, they use the priest. The priest is is supposed to be us, the 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 pure man who's got to justify the the reason that the superheroes should exist and not kill each other. So here you have quickly it's being established that you have like Jarvis and even Rick Jones. You know, Rick Jones. They're they're the humans. They're the regular people who are in the midst of all this calamity. You know, it's 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 uh, it's nice to see because they are very much forgotten in the MCU. The MCU is perpetually just filled with people who are amazing. We really don't have that regular human voice because even the regular humans become more than, than even they're aware of, you know what I mean? I was just rewatching Hawkeye the other day and I'm like, man, Kate Bishop, you know, she's supposed to be like the regular girl, but she's not, she's ultra rich, ultra trained. And she immediately like becomes one of the world's best archers. I right. cannot really uh, affiliate myself with that. I, I don't know what that's like. I can see you that. Know what I, you know what I mean? Whereas if, if, if some poor schlep, I mean, like, like the, the, the person you're supposed to identify with most is like a Phil Coulson, right? That's the whole reason they kill him. They kill him yeah. off in the first movie because you're supposed to be like, wow, one of them can die. Oh, the guy who's regular can die. That's me. That, that would be
0: me. <laughs> right? That would be yeah, me. And, with, and that changes the stakes. Right. Right,
1: whereas everybody else lives, you know what I mean. So, you you need that. You need that. You need that reminder.
0: Um. Yeah, I'm so glad that he has some inclusion in this. So, uh, yeah. So they talk a bit between the three. A week later, the Avengers find themselves against the subterranean Lava Men, oh. and Cap's skills as a leader and a strategist come into the forefront. Half of the world sees Cap as a returning hero, while the other half uh if he's even the real thing. Special Agent Merch says that there's still a chance Captain America can crack under pressure and that he'll be watching the team closely. While Captain America's inclusion has made his boss happy, the jury is still out on whether or not the Avengers can be a trusted source of good. Um Later, the Hulk's rampages continue to impact on the public. Uh, opinion of the team and Hank's starting to become buried in his work which is putting a strain on his relationship with Janet. Tony is put in a rough spot having used Iron Man to endorse Banner making the Avengers a team people are starting to distrust. At Avengers Mansion Rick tries to engage Steve with small talk but Rogers has completely checked out and is instead being haunted by memories of the past. Jarvis suggests taking Rogers on a field trip of sorts so he can reconnect with the modern world. A question I had was, was he doing this kind of zoning out prior?
1: Um, I, I'll be quite honest with you. I don't recall, and I feel like it wasn't being done. And it's one of the things that I really, really like about this miniseries. Because right. it, it shows, again, the human aspects of these characters. Um, Captain America, like you just said, you, right? you're a former soldier. Yeah. Um, you don't like talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's understandable. <laughs> it's understandable. And Captain America has a double whammy. It's, it's the classic, he's the man out of time. This guy mm-hmm. went to sleep in the 1940s, and now he wakes up 20, 30 years later. He's still in the midst of his PTSD, and he has no one to talk to about it. His right. memory is fuzzy. He's he's like simple things that we take for granted, like oh, a TV and remote controls and you know fancier cars and stuff like that. Like he's like, what the heck is all of this? Oh, a giant green guy who could smash things. Oh, a guy who's a god, a dude who's inside of a, of a mechanical machine that from his perspective, he's probably looking at it like the Nazis did this crap. You right. know? So so he's just surrounded by all these things that he's totally unaware of. He's he's not surrounded by anybody. And what's his last memory? Oh crap, I let my best friend <laughs> right. and partner die. And I mm-hmm. like that they in this series they tackle the idea of PTSD. The whole idea of, oh, you know, what's that hot topic nowadays? Mental health. Right. You know, here here in this comic book that came out back in what 2005, 2006, is tackling this idea of, yeah, man, people people are going through things and most people don't know how to deal with it. They they you know, they hide it. You know, and especially the, the stronger you're supposed to be, the more you're supposed to be able to deal with it. So he's perpetually, this is, we're still within the first like 20 pages of the story. He's already having multiple flashbacks. And it's not in any way supposed to diminish him as a character. It's supposed to expand upon his character to show how human he is, to show how it's realistic to expect a person going through this to experience this. You
0: know, and I most- could, I, I'll also say that in this time, 2005, um, I could I could guess that not many people were batting for cap. You know, like I don't think as the world got older, as the information age came, as people started looking under the fingernails of America in general, I feel like uh, there's a possibility that Steve and his humanity could have gotten lost in the sauce. Um, when people just see that bright star and the red, (laughs) red, white, and blue, and all that stripes and stuff, this plus Civil War would do a lot to not only anchor him, but, um, kind of make him like us in the sense that he does doubt, he does try his best. He does, he is a bit idealistic, but he pairs that with a bit of realism. Um, and he's always out there to go to bat for what he truly believes in, whether or not that's right or wrong. Um, and we'll see how that determination kind of screws him <laughs> in this a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, and mind you, this came out before the first Civil War. This yes. was more at the tail end of 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 um, uh, how do you say, of re- heroes return when they did reborn. that whole reset? What well, they did, re- they did reborn, and then they did a return where they came back to the six one six. Ah, so so the cap cap. Cap was really like emerging the whole idea of the new Avengers and and uh even I think even at this time like people were starting to think, okay, we there uh, like the 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 Iron Man movie was was being announced. So people were kind of getting, oh, if the Iron Man movie works out, will they do a Captain America movie? Will they do all these other things? And also in the re- in reality, we're at on the we're still only a few years away from uh nine eleven. Where okay. now, now, you know, Operation Afghanistan is happening. Mm-hmm. So the idea of the Earth's, uh, the Amer- America's military might is being shown once again. But here we have, you know, Captain America being uh, resuscitated. And it's like, okay, how, how should he feel going about, about what's going on in the world nowadays? So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, there, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going
0: on. I, I agree. On. In between that red, yes. white, and blue, yes, right. Um, so let's see. Oh, yeah. So, meanwhile, Agent Merch introduces Iron Man to General Wallace. I love that Iron Man's like, Yo, you got trying to jump me or whatever? He's like, No, no, no. Uh, General Wallace wants the team to become an official arm of the military, and I'm already like. Eh, eh. Uh, like I, I know where mm-hmm. this is going There it is they, they went from we don't want you to operate To you will want you to operate exclusively for us And I was like that's not going to work So Iron Man says he's going to have to defer to the team Before to, he agrees to anything um, Cap and Rick Jones Travel to the Arlington National Cemetery In the Vietnam Veterans Memorial As Cap is haunted Still haunted by the death of his psychic Bucky Barnes Merch tries to convince Iron Man That aligning with the military could be for their best um, and I felt like he was getting like a bit intimidating. Like he was trying to like puff up in front of Iron Man, and then Thor just shows up, and he's like, "You know what, bro? Like, I you guys have a lot to d- discuss. I'll let leave you guys be." Um. So as our heroes debate whether they'd want to work directly for the government, Rick Jones continues to accompany Cap as he visits monuments in an attempt to honor every single soldier that died in every war that he missed. That is, that's a lot. Um one week it's, later right brother
1: no i mean think about how this man feels it's it's a lot it's a tremendous amount this this man he's he's the ultimate soldier and he wears the flag as his costume you yeah. know and he doesn't do it just to be cute he wears it to show that he's he's holding up the entire military that if he could he would be the whole the shield right this, the, this man this man is armed with a peacekeeping weapon. It's a shield. It's not a gun. It's not a, it's not a sword. It's a shield. So I love the fact that like this series really made me become a Captain America lover. Right. Because you right. This is me now a little older. I'm I'm done being the angsty team, you know, I'm past my extreme phase.
0: And because
1: right. gr- <laughs> gro- growing up, whenever Captain America showed up, it was like, Oh geez, the Boy Scouts here. Right not realizing like this dude is like the definition of hope and compassion and, and just really wants peace. Right. Cause at the end of the day, uh, a soldier, a soldier's job is done when there's peace. Right. And so 100%. here, here, here he is like, man, uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of my soldiers, my, 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 my brothers in arms have died while, while I was doing what? Sleeping? No, unacceptable, right. man unacceptable
0: and he also he won the war that he was in right so the idea is like if i was still around who knows how many more lives i could have saved
1: right right you
0: know
1: you know but here he is now so as soon as he's done you know memorializing these veterans more crap hitting the fan right
0: (laughs) yeah um so he yeah i mean i he has a lot on his on his plate i was gonna say on his chest he has a lot on his plate and um more so than almost anybody else on the team like where his mind is is not really focused on the avengers which is so crazy because he is needed like he's very much needed to be on this team um that the military wants him on this team uh one week later the avengers take on the masters of evil and captain america Mm -hmm. discovers their leader is his world war ii nemesis baron zemo he tries in his hatred to apprehend him, but is shot after he foolishly throws his shield at Zemo. Giant man arrives to give a sit rep on Cap, and it does not look good.
1: Nope. Uh, yeah, so, you know, one, he, he's discovering that, of course, he himself has survived, and now, of course, the dude who blew him into the ocean and blew, blew up Bucky is also still alive. You know, the guy, he's been having these flashbacks of that, of that moment, so now to see his, his ultimate villain at, uh, at the time because it's you know uh, Red Skull is kind of even at this time long thought dead so yeah. Baron Zemo was really the villain for Cap at this time because he's the person that yo you killed Bucky and you put me on ice and now he's the leader of the Masters of Evil which is the direct uh, counterparts to to the Avengers this, this right. team of, of like everybody's worst nemesis right you got, you got uh, Radioactive Man who is literally a walking atomic bomb you have the black knight who's the the magic the evil magic side to thor you got uh the melter who's the uh, who you know who had been you know wreaking havoc against iron man for a a couple years now you know he literally would would constantly would constantly melt his suit and (laughs) it's
0: messed up Yeah, yeah, I
1: believe I believe even Enchantress and Executioner are also part of this team, but not quite yet. Okay, not quite yet. So, yeah, like I said, he in in his brashness, he catches a a bullet that deflects off of his head, and he's he's unconscious. You know, so and here, this all happens within like the first eight issues of of the original run. So a lot is happening. A lot is happening already. Eight issues in and. <laughs> you got Cap being brought back. You got these masters of evil showing up causing all this havoc. And yes, behind the scenes, the United States government is trying to turn the Avengers into, into the Marines or or the Air Force. It's a lot. It's a lot going on.
0: I also think it's interesting because I've never seen Cap blinded by rage before. Right. I've never seen him take his eye off the ball because of something emotional. So that was a very interesting uh a layer for this. Having never shaken off the, those horrific events, Captain America tells the Avengers the story of how Bucky Barnes died when he and Cap went up against Zemo during World War II. Steve mentions that while he doesn't enjoy taking lives, he wants Zemo dead more than anyone he's ever wanted dead. Again, never heard Cap talk this way. <laughs> I'm like, yo, he is he he's on he's on one. Um he apologizes for seeing red when confronted with his old folk. But it's obvious that that's all that's on Capture Mind. Iron Man gives General Wallace the Avengers' refusal of the offer to become part of the military and is told that they are making a huge mistake. The Iron Man then goes to investigate an unidentified spacecraft that landed in Waynesboro. Captain America gives an interview for Stars and Stripes about b- what being an Avenger is all about, like believing in something greater, working as a team and transcending selfishness for the greater good. The mystery inhabitant of the unknown spacecraft is shown to be Kang, who makes it clear that it's his destiny to dominate Earth. Who? Captain... <laughs> yeah, there's this blue dude, bro. <laughs> I don't even know. I hope, he, I hope he makes his way into the end time soon.
1: I don't I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening.
0: Um, but he's uh uh Captain America's interview gets played on the news and his words serve as comfort finally turning the public sentiment towards the Avengers so this like Kang showing up they 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 briefly touch on it and then they kind of move forward to Rick Jones being instrumental in helping them win but that whole gap I'm missing if that makes sense (laughs) like Rick Jones is just showing like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna grab that thing or I'm gonna help touching this this orb or something and then he does help but i i have no frame of reference to what he's actually doing uh in in this adventure with kang right um i i'll be
1: quite honest with you i've never read that issue myself um kang kang shows up in avengers number eight again another another great callback you know just just seeing just seeing all this and again like Think think about how they were writing things back then. Like here we are in Avengers number eight, eight mm-hmm. months into the history of the Avengers, they're tackling Kang and they're dealing with him in one issue.
0: Yeah, <laughs> open and shut. Like
1: that's that's like unheard of nowadays. You know, like a, a guy like Kang gets like twelve issues. You know what I mean? Right. Of of exposition and deep storytelling and, and just issue after issue of of just multiple uh,
0: episode arcs on the cartoon. exactly
1: exactly so here he is they're dealing with him in one issue but it introduces uh again this this whole idea of this nostalgia right um everybody right now is looking to what's the next thing in the mcu where is phase four going what is going to happen in quantum mania what's the secret wars thing guess what we've dealt with this villain numerous times by now and he in his first appearance they deal with him in one issue He was a one and done, he was a one and done villain. You know, um, of course, you know, Stan always would say, of course, you could always bring anyone back. It's comic books, right? That's why he created some of these characters. He created uh, Adam Warlock in the pages of Fantastic Four, knowing full well, like, man, I'm creating this character so that somebody else will do something
0: with him. (laughs) He'll be a MacGuffin somewhere else down the line. Right,
1: right. Like, he literally shows up as him. That's what they call him. Yeah, and he literally like, like I'm not going to do anything else with this character somebody else will do something and eventually <laughs> thank god for like you know guys like Roy Thomas and Jim Starlin who turn him into Adam and then Adam Warlock so right. so here we have Kang and he's, that's probably what he's thinking like here I'm going to introduce this time traveling guy who you know later on he reveals oh actually since he's a time traveler his first appearance was in Fantastic Four number 19 as Rama as Rama Tut, and so you know, like, you know what I'm saying, like here everything that people right now are looking for, right, this whole man, everybody fell in love with Thanos, right, from the moment he turned his face and smirked at the the end of Avengers everybody was all about like finding out who the hell this, this purple-faced guy with the wrinkly chin was, right? I remember friends calling me and being like, yo, dude, that's Galactus, right? That's Galactus. And I'm like, that's not Galactus, man. It's Thanos. <laughs>
0: and,
1: and them going like, Thanos? Who the heck is that? And I'm like, oh my God. You know, I, I, re- I immediately felt like Brody in Mallrats, yeah. right? Where, where, he's, where he's trying to explain stuff to his friends and his friends are like, what are you talking about? He goes, I tried to teach you about comic books in middle school and you thought you were too cool for it. And now you want now, all the information. Yeah,
0: yeah, now you want it. Out.
1: Now you want right. And that's what happened with me. Like people, I remember like the day after the first Avengers movie comes out. Like people calling me asking, like I said, people, is that Galactus? Who is this guy? What's going on? What's gonna happen next? And I'm just like, man, remember the ass whoopings I used to catch for reading comic books in school and and telling you guys on Wednesdays I need to get to the comic book store. You know what I mean, and now right. you guys are all like hunting me down on on MySpace and Facebook and co- texting me and calling me, asking me all these questions. Man, go go read a comic book, man. You know, um, of so, so so it's kind of refreshing how it's kind of happening again, but people are so jaded now. It's in that, that they, they're. <laughs> right that they they're not being spoon fed you know like oh man well when thanos came out everything was kind of told to us and we had you know you read basically infinity gauntlet and maybe a couple other things and you kind of got the gist of the character whereas like, kang because <laughs> and i say this because i mean it but i still love it i hate time travel i hate it
0: Ah, uh, yeah it, 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 it can it can get off into the weeds
1: and be- and so i get why people who are now like uh so the guy in loki the show
0: mm-hmm. is
1: also the villain in quantum mania but he's not mm-hmm. the same person because he's from a different universe and a different time period right. what and then exactly. even people and then people are looking at me going wait how do you explain that and i'm like i can explain it to you but it's going to take a hell of a lot longer than thanos
0: and why is this rando Ravona Renslayer here? What does that have to do with that? Right,
1: right. Like, well, <laughs> <that's pretty laughs> it, it, wow. Here we go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like even, even in explaining this, right? This character who shows up in Avengers number eight is the same person from Fantastic Four number 19, but he's a time traveler.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My brain is on fire already.
0: It's, you know what uh, yeah, I mean? It's, like, a lot, it's a lot to explain.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like you said, he's being he's being taken out by the Rick Jones of the team, right? The, the, the rest right. of the team is, is fighting him. They're trying to bash him and do all these things. And the human of the team is like stuck in like this giant space turbine. It's like, if I touch the sphere, I, I, I kill him right i, I stop him. yeah <laughs> like uh, which was yeah, a kind sure. of a
0: tropey thing back in the day you could just say put it together some techno babble say, yeah. if i hit this button then you know it's all gonna No, my power right. <laughs>
1: so- yeah because exactly because he even even kang says you know some sort of acid eating through my armor like dude you you're a time traveler but some sort yeah. of acid is defeating you
0: <laughs> and, 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 and in true comic sense he like disappears right before he dies like he right. almost gets like sent like made up into molecules like that's how bad <laughs> he's gonna die and he still manages to like sort of kind of teleport so I thought that was pretty funny of course
1: because um, who you know that, that, that's kind of the people who complain about the movies right that oh man no, nobody really dies that death, death doesn't mean anything it's like <laughs> try reading the comic books man 100%
0: I mean, uh, that was like the co- comic books were the clickbait of its day. The yeah. comic book covers were, <laughs> you know, like oh my god, is the whole Justice League gonna die? No, no, no we're no, fine.
1: No, everything's no. good. <laughs> we're good. No. They're they're uh, they're male soap they're male soap operas, right? You know, even when you think a character on a soap opera dies, you know, give it give it six months, and oh, I'm not dead. It was my twin brother. Or yes. no, I just I just burned my face, and I've been in the hospital in a coma for the last six months, and.
0: Yeah, but it went six me. inches above the heart exactly <laughs> you know, I, exactly he thought I died but yeah um so they they you know can gets away the press circle the Avengers uh but they seem most keen in getting a word from Captain America he explains that the Avengers are there to serve the people and do what they do simply because it's the right thing to do the Avengers are given a massive parade to celebrate their efforts in saving the world against Kang and that Worldwide News also grants them their priority status with the National Security Council. Merch reminds Iron Man that all that will be revoked if Captain America does not stay on the team. I find this part hella funny. Thor has a heart-to-heart talk with Captain America about revenge, lightly suggesting if killing Zemo is his way to peace, perhaps he should seek the Baron out and do this once and for all. <laughs> and Rogers seriously considers this option uh thor would see it that way thor would see it as an open and shut case kind of thing yeah um um that Avengers parade is canon isn't it yes
1: yes it is um i mean you gotta remember at this point in time um we would have the canyon of heroes as it is affectionately referred to that stretch Mm -hmm. that stretch of of streets in new york city from um, I believe even it starts down as far as battery park and it goes all the way up to midtown Manhattan is notorious for hosting the grandest of ticker tape parades to celebrate heroes, whether it's a, a winning baseball team or a football team, or even for, um, for the, uh, the astronauts when they came back from the moon. So to show the Avengers going down the Canyon of heroes is, is, is huge. You know, again, it shows they're human. It shows that the people are accepting them. And then to see Cap, you know, give that speech reaffirms the fact that this team needed him. This team needed him. this team needed that leadership that, that these egos to go behind. And it took a guy who's really the most regular of the entire team. Right. He's he may have the yeah. super soldier, soldier serum in him. And he, at that time, it was really just about if he's the peak of human ability. Right. Yeah. The peak of human ability is not a guy in a metal suit. It's not a guy with a hammer that can fly and shoot lightning bolts. It's not yep. a guy who can make himself super tiny and talk to ants, or then make himself super huge and step on people.
0: It's just a guy
1: <laughs> with a shield, but man, just like, just like everybody loves uh, Scott Lang, played by Paul Rudd so affectionately, uh, when, when he says in Endgame, like, man, he's really good at this. When he gives those speeches, when he gives the speeches, man, like, everyone shuts the hell up. And they just rally. They put everybody's puts aside their ego, and they get they get the job done. And that's what they do. They he, they are not, they have now successfully taken care of numerous threats, culminating in this ultimate threat of this this space traveling time traveler who mm-hmm. was hell bent on conquering the entire planet. They took him out. So now the team is official. The, the the government makes them official, and they they put them on display for all the world to see going down the canyon of heroes in New York city. It's amazing. It's an, ama- it's an amazing uh, display.
0: Yeah. I mean, Stan's always said that he wanted these um, adventures to seem like they were happening right outside your window. And, you know, looking at that, you're looking at the parade, you know, that's my neighborhood. Like I can see New York in there in the background. Um, so uh, the, another important thing about the cap of it all is that he gives Multiple rousing speeches in this. He's the reason why the National Security Council wants to give them priority. He's seen as all the things that he's seen as, and people remember him for being the hero that he is. But in his quiet moments, he is suffering. He's tortured by his past. And the ability for a man to be that tortured, but still have the time, effort, and energy to inspire others is, you know, like, wow, the dichotomy of man, right? Um, Going through enough in his own private life, but still manages to inspire. Like, yep. that's, that's Cap to me. There it is. Um, so, after eating with his mom, Jarvis is accosted by some thugs, and ultimately saved by Clint Barkin, aka Hawkeye, who was thought of as a criminal prior to this. Mm-hmm. Um, elsewhere, Count Nefaria has kept hostage, and the Avengers are doing their best to infiltrate his lair. Jarvis and Hawkeye become fast friends, and Jarvis buys him dinner. They discuss Clint's reputation and the Avengers as a team, and Barton makes it a point to say he wants to do good, life just has other plans. Jarvis seems to be considering asking him to join the team, but no formal invitation is given. Um, was Hawkeye in much prior to this?
1: Um, mm-hmm. He he showed up briefly as a villain um, in the early Avengers issues. I can't. Can't think of which one exactly, but yeah, he was considered a villain. He was he worked with a circus, you know. He was a circus performer, and you know, like most circus people, they're the criminals, obviously. Cons, you know,
0: cons, they're all they're uh, all they're cons, all, right? all carneys, carneys, carneys. That's carnies, what I was looking carnies, for. Was carnies was and, looking for. <laughs> and,
1: you know, carneys and gypsies. You know, they're they're all hooligans. You know, yeah. So yeah. so um so yeah, he's very much considered a villain. Um and then if between Jarvis and I, I believe eventually even Cap, you know, um much they, they turn the Avengers into look, the Avengers are not just about avenging the world, but even avenging people, giving them a chance, which is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. The whole idea of rehabilitating people, right? Another mm-hmm. another um hot topic in this country, right? We we lock we, this we live in the most uh advanced country in the world yet we have the most incarcerated people uh why is that why is that we have a tremendous amount of resources um even when this country is is suffering like we are right now right with inflation and the economy being the way it is other countries are going through a tremendous amount more yet they're not throwing people away you know what i mean they're um not to not to get on this political box uh or whatnot but I've just seen it, you know what I mean you've seen it, we've all seen it right um yeah we we almost treat treat people getting locked up kind of comical right I mean, we all we all got those couple friends that are like, man, you're always in and out of jail man
0: or or you it's a it? death sentence right like you're done like you've gone to jail and thus what you know you you've now told the world who you are there's no changing you right, and uh you're only ever gonna amount to slightly above this right and And that's how you create cycles where people stay in those behaviors because they honestly feel to themselves that they're not worth anything more than their worst decisions in life,
1: you know? Precisely, precisely. So here you have, look, look, Stan, Stan and Jack and the the rest of the group standing on their own political soapbox showing that, look, man, this guy that we showed you is a villain. We're going to now show you how we can make him a hero. And most people, again, most people, much like the, the same people who I said probably would think that Cap was part of the original lineup, most people don't know that Hawkeye was a was a villain in his first couple appearances. You know, they'll they'll base nice. it off what they know off the MCU. Oh no, Hawkeye was a was a military operative, and he was brainwashed by Loki, and that was the only reason he was bad for a little <laughs> while. Now he's a good guy, right? Uh, right. Nah, nah. In his first couple of appearances, uh, wearing that that crazy purple costume that Kate Bishop uh, drew. In the in one of the episodes of Hawkeye, yes,
0: yes, 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 um, you know,
1: (laughs) with that, with that, with the hawk eyes and the H on the head, you know, he's he shows up as this villain, as this villain, and so to see him show up in this as the villain and knowing that he's eventually going to become one of the good guys, I I love seeing because again, it's it's that 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 warm nostalgic feeling of wow, look, because here we here we have another guy like Cat, right? He's a regular guy. He's a regular guy. His, His thing is he has really good vision. And really good aim, yeah. And he tra- and he trained a lot, so uh, hopefully and he gains Harry
0: nothing will- by helping Jarvis. Nothing. Like ultimately, he also feels like his reputation's been screwed, you right. know. So um, he doesn't necessarily get anything by helping this man, but he chooses to. Um, so I also thought that was pretty cool. Our guys managed to save Cap from Nefaria. Thor almost kills him. Like Thor, Thor just. <laughs> Tor is just like on top of him. He's about to kill him. Iron Man's like, please don't. <laughs> like we need, we need to like arrest these people and give them to the authorities. Like that's that's our job in all this. Um, all seems well until Hank can't find Wasp, and suddenly Rick is screaming for help from her headset. When they lock in on his location, Wasp has been shot, which enrages Hank. Um, in East Transia, we are introduced to the Maximoff twins, Wanda and Pietro. As they flee as fugitives of the law, or even worse, mutant outlaws. There it is. They seem to have run out of places to go, as everywhere they are, where they go, they are seen as pure evil. This is a uh, callback to the Brotherhood of Evil, where that's these right. two, I believe, uh, debuted in X-Men? Yeah, X
1: Men. X X Men number four. X Men number
0: four. Damn four. Yep. They already had him in. Four. That's crazy. I don't know yep. why that's so crazy to me. Yeah, it's always no, interesting I mean, to see what was established in the first 10 issues of a certain run of yeah. a comic. It's always super yeah. it's, it's No, I
1: cool. mean I mean even I I totally forgot that Count Nefaria was even introduced. Count Nefaria is a huge villain. You know, yeah. he's one of he's he doesn't get his due and now seeing him like remembering him again in the series, I'm like, wow. What a what a um a cornerstone villain really. You know mm-hmm. he's not he's not the space phantom. Space phantom was.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, count Count Nefaria is almost kind of like um, if you, for anybody listening out there who's familiar with X Men First Class, he's very much like Sebastian Shaw. He's okay. a powerhouse, and he can he can kind of like take your power and bounce it back to you. He's like like the idea that he's able to piss off Thor that much. Is because he has that kind of power. He right, he it, throughout the throughout the seventies and even early eighties, he's he's a main villain. The much the same way that like Ultron constantly comes around and the Masters of Evil comes around, Count Nefaria constantly shows up. So he's he's that level of villain. He even be he even has um how do you say a uh, kin for other villains, right? He's the father of Madame Mask, if you know that villain. Yes, you're right so so like he's even got that going for him you know a lot is behind him uh count Nefaria is even he even at one point kills echo right a character who who, her herself is going to get her own her own show very soon right her own own mcu show so at one point Mm -hmm. in one series by brian brian michael bendis he kills echo right like that was like a big deal like whole like and she was legit dead for a few years like, I really thought that, because Bendis Bendis created Echo, so the fact that he got mm-hmm. to kill her, I was like, wow, that's, that. whenever a creator Sunrise gets to, <laughs> right, right, they usually kind of leave it alone. Like, wow, until this, until he chooses to bring her back, we're going to leave her dead. But Marvel, being Marvel, eventually said, no, 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 we have plans for her, so let's resurrect her. And they do. But for, for quite some time, she was dead. And like this character was just gone, so <clears throat> Count Nefaria having that that ability to do that, to, to to have that power to kill a character for a long time was a big deal. So seeing him like, if you told me Count Nefaria was in the first twelve issues of Avengers, I'd have been like, eh, maybe, but not sure. And here he is. Here he is. And he's he's a <clears throat> an important villain. He's an important villain for for anybody who wants to keep reading the Avengers. You're gonna see him show up time and time again.
0: Yeah, I I also see here that he's part of that plane explosion that kills Thunderbird. Um, in the right. X Men,
1: right? Yes, and yeah, see, so Stan Stan is constantly throwing him other things, right? Absolutely
0: right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So like yeah. that's, you know he has a great name, Count Nefarious, right?
0: Yeah, Nefarious, Dr.
1: Count Nefarious. You know what I mean? Yeah, Kang the stuff. Conqueror, you you, you you all these great names that like yeah. that yeah, these are still these are still villains that the that the mcu has yet to even even hint at you know what i mean like they introduced uh baron strucker and kill him in the, in the, in the within 10 minutes of his introduction yeah. but yet they have yet to even touch count nefarious so they i didn't even really... get a lot of
0: mileage out of claw like claw didn't get a lot of mileage he got years well, of mileage in the comics
1: He years and i, and I really hope because you know in the comics he dies And then when he dies, he comes back as living sound,
0: pure sound. Okay.
1: Yes. So so there's still hope that that could happen. (laughs)
0: Yeah, he's Um, on SoundCloud, bro. (laughs) 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 That's what it is. That's what it is. He's on SoundCloud. He's he's hiding. He's well. I
1: mean, remember in in the movies in the movies he loves music. Right? Yeah. He's, he's constantly bumping so for all you know he could show up on somebody's like spotify playlist you know what i mean yeah, like he, to- ah! he, told
0: them. he told somebody that he was on soundcloud that they should check him out it'd be yeah. hilarious if that's that would be a living a living track
1: yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's i mean that'd, so be, that'd be crazy that'd be crazy i guarantee <laughs> you, i guarantee you there'll be some there'll be some rappers out there trying to become that like yo if he could do it i could do it like it's a movie yeah, bro. Right? Yeah. you know yo takashi takashi it's it's not real it's not real takashi you know <laughs> um i
0: think it is real <laughs> I, right. Right. It's, it's me. It's me.
1: Um, so. So, yeah, I mean, so many so many things happen within these few pages and the idea of, look, uh, more more villains that we're looking to to avenge. Right. You know, here you yeah. have Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. They're on the run right if if you know like the history because while the avengers are going on the x-men comics are going on and look the scarlet witch and quicksilver were introduced in issue number four right magneto shows up with his team shows up with his brotherhood of evil mutants the mastermind Mm -hmm. toad and scarlet witch and quicksilver who at the time no one even knew that those were his kids so now in avengers like issue 14 around the time they, they start to plant the seed that okay these two villains these mutant villains terrorists even are going mm-hmm. to become avengers that's wild that's wild
0: yeah no it totally is and it it's it actually like i didn't realize how much it would say for the team to to, to fold them in you know like I, I i didn't really steep myself in their villainy but if you consider that that's how they were introduced it's going to take a lot to get people to get on board with the idea that they're, they're there for that. Because this could have been a story where it was all a trick, where the twins got you know found a way to get on the team That's and right. then you know, bestated for Magneto or whatever like that. So they have to not only in-universe get the rest of the Avengers to trust them, but get the reader as well to, to dig this, these people, redeem them, and have the reader want to see them fight alongside the heroes that we already love. Which is that's a that's a big task. Yeah. Um. So Hank gets Wasp the medical attention she he she needs mm. as they aw- await Wasp's surgery. Tony tries to reason with Cap, who is clearly not listening. Like he's telling him a bunch of stuff, and guys like, "Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, no." He tries to bring up how much Cap means to the Avengers' priority status, but again, Cap's is fixated on Baron Zemo and blames his obsession for why he was caught by Nefaria in the first place. I love it that he's like, "I would have never got caught by Nefaria." Nefaria, right? <laughs> I was like, "Yo, you need to relax, Cap. <laughs> relax." Um, he says something has to give, either Zemo's life or his soul, and he storms out hank kneels in church praying for the watch to make a full recovery thor tries to comfort him but hank says if she survives this he will never put her in that kind of line of danger again. shows up and says the operation was a success and that she to make a full recovery. um iron man yeah, decides no, I'm, that he should be the one to tell cap about zemo's attack on, on Oh, no, yeah, we forgot about the, the last part, which is, I don't know why that's not here, which is um, that uh, Jarvis is looking around for Rick Jones in the mansion, can't find him. Turns out Zemo has appeared inside the mansion and kidnapped uh, Rick Jones after Rick Jones. knocking yep. out Jarvis.
1: Right. Yes. A lot so I meant this
0: guy that he should be the one to tell Cap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Iron Man decides that he should be the one to tell Cap about Zemo's attack on Avengers Mansion and his kidnapping of Rick Jones. When he does, Cap becomes one-track-minded, even when Tony tries to warn him him that the Masters of Evil might be using his hatred of Zemo against him to divide and conquer our heroes. Cap sees Zemo as a means to an end, so Tony asks him if this is about Rick Jones at all, or only a manifestation of this obsession with Zemo. Cap reasons that it's his duty to stop Z once and for all. And even when Stark mentions that Cap going at it alone could endanger their priority status with the NCS, Cap apologizes and says he must do what must be done. I'm like, this also felt very like, wow, like, it's great. I'm sorry, but like, this is already decided. Like, this is, I need to see the end of this, regardless of what anybody else thinks. Um, but he's the one haunted, you know, so I could mm. see him trying to get some break from that.
1: No, I mean, he's, um,
0: Jarvis. he's, he's Hi, bro.
1: he's, he's dealing with a lot, you know, he's, he, again, this is, this all is happening within a few months <laughs> of him awakening in this new time period. He's, he's dealing with a villain. He's, he's thought is dead. The villain is the person he, who put him on ice, killed the sidekick. And now he's responsible for getting Jan shot. And now he's kidnapped Rick Jones. He, he's I'm done with this. Yep. I'm not going to let right the, the same way he feels guilty that he was not there to help save God knows how many thousands of soldiers lives. He's now seen key members of his team that are his you know, his, people, his, his, his soldiers in arms, the, f- beaten and shot. And killed before him so he's like i'm oh, no 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 this is i'm i can't allow this to happen and the idea that like cap is willing to kill really shouldn't be that much of a stretch the guy <laughs> hey, is a is a right? is a veteran he you know i mean yeah he's not shooting a gun threats. so to s- I'm s- huh?
0: no i was saying that you neutralize threats in the field Right, yeah, and, no, and
1: that's and, and put them and in time
0: out. <laughs>
1: exactly, you know what I mean. It's it's one thing to knock out a soldier, but you you cut the head of the snake. And Baron Zemo mm-hmm. represents a massive villainous head of the snake. So he's like, nah, I got it. There is no, there is no coming back from this. There's no, there's no um, having a parlay, so to speak, with this person. I have to end it and I mean he, right. he's got he's got Thor in his corner and Thor is just like uh, yeah let's kill the son of a bitch right like that's it <laughs> yeah
0: he does not care yeah he does he's,
1: he's just like because <laughs> Thor Thor has been fighting battles for thousands of years he's probably killed quite a few dozen people you know what I mean like that that's, hey man I, I, I mm-hmm. want to just drink a cup of mead with you or a pint of mead or whatever but you're a son of a bitch so I'm going like right just like they say in the movies I have to aim for the head so right Cap is like i gotta just yeah i have to i have to end this this ends now
0: right and like you said tony tony is a lot on the line their reputation all of it but he is that's it he's gonna go about this and he's gonna go about it alone um so jarvis Kind of feels like there's a riff in the team. He goes to fit, visit Clint Barton again. They have a discussion about where he gets his arrows from. And Clint seems frustrated Jarvis sees things so black and white when he's lived in shades of gray for years. Jarvis claims he's only there to help Clint. Um, but he's being arrogant. And Clint asks what's on his mind. At Avengers Mansion, Thor confronts Iron Man. Thinking this is about Cap... Tony begins to explain that he doesn't know if he can hold the team together anymore when he outright interrupted by the Norse guy who says he's leaving the team. So I'm sitting here going, wait, did this really happen? Like did, did Thor just go back to his own comic, you know? uh, uh, And I mean, I'm almost certain that 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 did, but at the time I was not ready for all these these sudden departures. Mm -hmm. Um, Iron Man gives him crap for leaving them high and dry, not believing him to be the true Thor of Norse mythology. I love this part. Or just like, yo, grab my hammer for a second, bro. <laughs> just, right. just for one second, bro, dude. Grab my hammer. He grabs a hammer and he sees visions of the realms, Asgard, Odin, the Rainbow Bridge, all of it. Uh, and he's like in awe. He's a man of science, basically right. realizing right. the existence of a of, of Norse deity. You know, it's huge stuff. It's, um, it's a lot. It's a lot. To take so,
1: that's that. That's like one of the themes of the story so far is the idea that like Iron Man, they're all constantly just like, yeah, this guy, this blonde haired guy who's got this magic hammer. He can't possibly really be a God. He's 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 some mutant that has some technological hammer somehow. We don't know how, but he's great that he's on our side. And in this moment where where thor thor shows his humanity the the idea that he's letting a human touch his hammer to show him an ounce of what it is to be thor iron man like is so tantalized like holy crap you're real there's no faking this and thor is like yeah i'm real i'm out
0: <laughs> right and what's also super interesting is that you can see now why like a person who sees a guy like Thor and doubts him is the kind of person that doesn't lead the Avengers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Tony's self-interest gets in the way of this. His inability to trust people gets in the way of, of him being a leader. So many things, as we read, kind of show why he's an excellent founding member of this team but might not be the person who should be leading it. And he out and out, uh, you know, apologizes for doubting Thor. He r- realizes that Thor has bigger responsibilities elsewhere, and he admits straight up, I feel like I'm failing as a leader um and Thor tells him, like, don't worry, bro, like you just have to have so much faith that's contained. it's the kind of faith that's throughout your entire team, and he flies into the night sky. He basically is like, and I love how matter of fact Thor is about the whole shit. If I was a freaking the idiot, it is that matter of fact, yes. I do have to go, um, and yeah, I mean, it should be when you when you're when you have that much power. It, there is no question. I love that. Like Tony's like, "Oh, giving him a bunch of shit," and he's like, "I'm well, I'm, I still have to go." Like, you know, like it doesn't it doesn't matter what you think of me or any of that kind of stuff. I still got to go. So, found that super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Can you remember why Thor actually Thor leaves in the comics? I don't remember the
1: exact reason. But I will tell you the editorial reason is that, um, (laughs) by issue 16, it's known that Stan and I believe even Jack are leaving the Avengers Mm -hmm. and Stan, this is, this is, this is considered a a bit of a jackass move. Stan straight up tells the next writer who I believe was Roy Thomas. He goes, yeah, listen, I'm not letting you use my toys. Because I'm mm. still going to do my Thor stories. I'm still going to do my Iron Man stories. You can have Captain America. And you can have mm. Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch,
0: and Quicksilver. <laughs> <Chris villains>. <laughs> right.
1: And here you go. And starting with issue 16, he, That's he, he, it, 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 aff- it affectionately becomes known as uh, Cap's Kooky co- Quartet. Okay, and, and they go on for a number of issues like that, like for a while.
0: Where wow. they just
1: have some of the most funny off the wall Avenger stories. Because when you look at that team, because mind you, this is a pre this is a pre um House of M Scarlet Witch, yes. whose powers at that time were luck-based, probability based. Yes. So like her powers usually meant that, oh yeah, I'll make the the shield you know, change direction or I'll make this guy fall asleep, maybe. You know, right. she didn't. She she didn't really do much. And then you had a guy who shot arrows. You had Captain America, and you had a guy who could run fast. And that was it. That was the team. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so they, from what I know, they don't really deal with many powerhouse villains. It's kind of silly. You got this four member team, and they deal with you know like Baron Strucker and um, the the Serpent Society. You know what I mean? Well, I can the, see that
0: at this point, you know, um X-Men are probably getting very popular. The Fantastic Four are probably getting very popular. So if there's bigger threats out there, I'm sure that they other, you know, like they had other teams. But this this team of four does seem very weird. It does feel like an editorial kind of like, well, yeah, this is yeah, yeah.
1: Because yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I, Iron Man and and Thor were big hits. Like they didn't need to be on a team. So right. the idea to take them off the team, because like, all right, I'm tired of having to write two stories a month, right? An Iron Man story and an Avengers story with Iron Man in it. So let's just take him off the team so I can make Iron Man stories. Let me get Thor back into Journey of, into Mystery. And I think eventually he gets his own title because those, mm-hmm. those you can tell such mega stories with just Thor. Right. Um, the X-Men, if like you which is, uh, not to I hate to correct you, were not big sellers.
0: Oh, they were not? Wait,
1: no, 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 no. The X-Men did not become big sellers until uh, Giant Size, when Giant Size X-Men happens. Okay. When, they introduced, when they introduced the international team in, what was that, the 70s? The, uh, the original right. team, though, that first, uh, I want to say like 55 issues, did not sell well right? People thought they were weird. They were this weird team. So, like, the X-Men weren't the big thing. It really was the Fantastic Four, uh, Iron Man, Thor. It was the, the Avengers. The Avengers were the bread and butter of Marvel and the Fantastic yes. Four. Those, that's that's the bread and butter for decades. And Spidey. Spidey. And Spidey. And Spidey, yes, and Spidey. That was the bread and butter of Marvel until the 70s, you know? Um, and even then, even then, like, it took the x men a while it was it was your favorite story the dark phoenix saga yep, yep. that that would make the x men like everyone go holy crap this is amazing storytelling and that would all lead into x men number 1 the th- to this very day the number one selling comic of all time uh, it right. sold it sold like 8 million copies like everybody has at least one copy of that in their collection even if you hated the x-men even if the idea of a guy with razor sharp claws and and, and and optic blasts and the mind control powers even if you were like man that, that's a stupid team you had that comic you bought it
0: that's interesting so, also, i'm so, also seeing here that thor gets his own title they basically change journey into mystery 125 the next thing that comes out is thor 126
1: there you go, right? See, that's how popular he became because they a lot of these heroes were in other stories. I mean, um, Hulk even his his book got canceled, and they changed it to like tail. They changed it back to like Tales to or something like that, right? And but eventually, it turns back into Incredible Hulk. So all the, all those characters were, were mainstays, i mean, with the exception of, <laughs> with the exception of uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know, right. they, they, they constantly came in and out of the Avengers. Um, but yeah, the other characters were all, could all carry a book on their own in some capacity so the idea of stan like all right man
0: this is <laughs> that's, why, that's why the hulk literally jumped out of the <laughs> jumped out of this yeah thing. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: so 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 the idea is stan, stan like made a business move like look man we don't need to have all our powerhouses on this book anymore we'll leave cap and we'll leave these couple of weird villains and roy mm. hey roy thomas do your thing like,
0: that's so do it, crazy.
1: you know right and he, and he did he did he did almost I mean,
0: handicap handicapping him you know
1: you know right i mean the the avengers ran like perfectly for like 500 issues that's crazy that's crazy it's crazy
0: that you know what lot. i mean
1: yeah it's a lot it's a lot
0: um oh we did that in bolivia Cap infiltrates the compound Rick Jones is being held at, but ends up confronted by Zemo and his men. Zemo points a ray gun at Cap, swearing he will make him suffer, and Steve tells him to take his best shot. In Germany, the Maximoff twins discuss being tired of running from the law and express wanting to be help for others and for the greater good, but not knowing how. They are interrupted by a news report claiming that some OG members of the Avengers have taken their leave with people speculating that this might may serve as the end for the team. Cap battles Zemo's men and uses his shield to make Zemo shoot his henchmen. When Zemo goes for the killing blow against Cap, he also uses his shield to knock his ray gun away and an errant beam shoots the mountain behind him, causing an avalanche that falls on seemingly on Rick Jones, Zemo and Captain America. Um... Is can you explain to me the significance or distinction between Heinrich and Helmet Zemo?
1: Uh, Heinrich is I I, I don't Dad? remember if it's his grand I don't know if it's the grandfather or father of Helmet. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, like this Zemo is dead. This Zemo is dead. Um and then we get Helmet, which is the Zemo from um from Civil War. And as well as the Captain America uh, Falcon Winter Soldier show, mm-hmm. so so yeah, he after this happens, he takes up the mantle. Helmet takes up the mantle from
0: Heinrich. Ah, uh, Helmet. That's helmet. and that's why
1: help help you know Heinrich Heinrich wears the Cobra Commander esque you know face mask, mm-hmm. whereas Barrett whereas Helmet wears the more fitted, uh, thing, the more fitted uh mask.
0: The uh, adhesive X <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, yes. The, he got got there it uh, is. <laughs> uh, Yeah, so the Avengers return to their mansion to find Jarvis tied to a chair They find that is the work of Hawkeye who acts to become a member of their team after showing off his superb marksmanship to them The Avengers tell him to wait and go argue amongst themselves. Why Hawk while Hawkeye and Jarvis share tea and it's kind of made apparent that their demonstration of Hawkeye's, you know, all like tied up Jarvis thing was an act that they planned together. They're, those two are fast friends. Um, the Wasp and Giant Man reveal that they want to take a break from the Avengers roster. And Iron Man eventually decides that Hawkeye can be an excuse to start using the Avengers team as a way to rehabilitate villains into heroes. Where do you sit on this whole rehabilitation thing? Where's the line? That's a tough question, right? To ask (laughs) at this this point, (laughs) but I guess just, just give the readers a bit of your, uh, mind state when it comes to this idea of being able to be redeemed, um, in general,
1: I, 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 with these characters, especially at the time, I can Mm -hmm. totally see it. You know, Hawkeye was really a petty criminal. He really wasn't, he wasn't killing anybody. He was just robbing people, you know, um, And when you look into his history, being raised, you know, being raised by carny folks, what do you expect? What do you expect? Mm -hmm. So, and then it took someone like Jarvis and Captain America to realize, look, man, you're, you're a product of your environment. Join the team, which I love how he basically like sells himself for the team. He infiltrates, he infiltrates the mansion and shows like, look, man, I'm capable of doing this. So you either want me against you or you want me on the team this is my interview which i dug and then you know scarlet witch and quicksilver you know even even in the pages of the x men you could see like they're manipulated you know you have the master of magnetism who's like being ultra belligerent and just yelling at them and directing them to do as they're told. So, and they're kids, you know, Scarlet Witch and, and, and Quicksilver, they're, they're, they're like teenagers. They're like 15, 16 years old. And here they are with this old man, with this amazing power telling them what to do. I'm not saying it's right, so to speak, but I I, I would hardly uh, be uh, like blame a person for being like, yeah, man, he wasn't just like some scary dude with, with a messed up mustache. This dude could like, stuff with his, with his powers you know what i mean he could he could take a thousand right. nails and shove them into my brain what else was i supposed to do right you know what i mean so i so i get that and here they are on the run right You're, they're showing that they're trying to escape their 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 torrid past and they're trying to redeem themselves to be like look man we ain't these bad people we're trying to we're, we're just gypsies we're we we do not know much about even ourselves we have these powers how can we show the world that we're supposed to, we're actually good people. And so I think it's brilliant that that they right. do do this. And yeah, the, the, for these characters, um, I, I'm, I'm all for it. It's, <laughs> I love Wolverine. Wolverine is my guy. He, you know, he's the character that got me into comic right. books. Wolverine, number one, that classic uh, come hither finger wave from the miniseries, yeah. that's that was the first comic book I ever remember yep. seeing. But that's not a dude I won on the Avengers. It's not so when they when they brought no, the new no.
0: even though he spent oh, some time yeah. in, in the ranks, yeah.
1: Yeah, he spent a lot of time. He's a murderer. The dude, the dude is the same guy who's like, Yeah, let's avenge people, but let me go slice a thousand people to to ribbons. You know what I mean? I'm the guy, I'm the guy yep. you send in okay. to do black ops. And kill like child uh, to to kill child um, uh, a uh in other in other countries. Yeah, you know, X Force. <laughs> yeah, uh, right, 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 right. X Force. So, uh, so like that that's, that's that's not true. the dude. That's not the dude you want to be on the cover of the Avengers. I'm sorry, it's not. So, like as much as I, I read, I read the entire New Avengers run by Brian Michael Bendis. I loved it but the whole like even i love that even when he joins a team in like a new avengers issue three or four when they find them in the savage land they're all like yo mm-hmm. this dude should not be on the team and even he's like yeah i, I should right. i really really shouldn't but cap is just like ah, the last time we all met by accident it meant something so we're meeting by accident again so you got to be on the team and it's just like no no he shouldn't <laughs> So that, that, there I, is I love line. that he's
0: self aware enough to, to know, he's self aware enough to know, though, right? Like, he's like, Yeah, yeah, I probably don't want me on this team. <laughs>
1: yeah, right, right. Because there are, there glad, are so many, he's not times, lying to himself about it, right? There are so many times in the in that run where they're just like, Wolverine, do not kill this person. And he's like, I have six razor sharp claws.
0: <laughs> what, what else am
1: I supposed to do?
0: <laughs> I can't, I can't exactly hug the guy. Yeah, it's not right, it's not right, quick that right.
1: Way. Like, I mean, even, even in the X Men animated series they had to constantly have Wolverine get his ass kicked as justification for why he's not killing people, because it's just like, the dude has six razor-sharp claws. Anybody he gets near, he should just kill. But, mm, he has to constantly get shot, yeah, he has to a, constantly he's walking, fall. He's
0: a, he's a walking blender.
1: Right. So, you know? so yeah. Just like there are, there, Yeah, there are definitely tons of, of characters that I'm like, yeah, should not be on Avengers. So w- characters like Wolverine, um, even even characters like um, like uh, like Reed Richards. Reed Richards is, is a guy known for making really tough decisions, uh, good or bad. Whether it's mm-hmm. logical or not, like that's the kind of guy who is quick to be like, "All right, I can save a thousand people and ten people die." That sounds right. Right. You know, as yeah, logical it, it, as it, it is, the
0: math checks out to him, right?
1: Right. He's exactly. Pragmatic, you know, right? There it is. So it's like you, you kind of don't really want that because eventually that comes against you. Eventually, eventually, he, he, he calculates the calculation to be like, Hey, man, if we die, he does it. He does a Dr. Strange, right? He does a Dr. Strange where it's like, Hey, man, if we all die, we eventually win. <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. It's
0: for the better part of the multiverse, yeah,
1: yeah, like nobody yeah. wants to hear that. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. like there, yeah. there are definitely yeah. a he wouldn't
0: be good on that thing. So in South America, Cap is shown to have survived the avalanche, as has Rick Jones. Of course, he is surprised to feel regret at the death of Baron Zemo, uh, because it's that whole old trope of, you know, just because you get even don't mean you feel better. Um, Rick Jones encourages him that. It's a good thing, but then Collapse is unconscious and Caps carries him into the jungle towards home while saying one more final goodbye to Bucky now that Simo is seemingly gone. In the United States, the Avengers make a, a official public announcement that Hawkeye will be joining their rank and as a result, Iron Man is later confronted by an enraged Agent Mer- Merch uh, who, for allowing an ex-criminal on their team. Iron Man immediately threatens him and tells him that the other ex-villains Tells us about the other ex-villains that they're accepting, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. The, the two later go and meet the superpower twins when they arrive in America, and Quicksilver is extremely rude to the Americans. In South America, Captain America is recognized by a man with a newspaper, and Cap learns of the, from the newspaper that Hawkeye has joined the Avengers. He does not seem too happy about this.
1: Suck it up, Buttercup.
0: <laughs> Apparently, right? Hey, yeah. this, you you ain't calling this much right now. We're 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 recruiting in your absence, but I love that all this recruitment is gonna happen only for uh, K- Iron Man to raise his hand and be like, "All right, so this is yours now." <laughs> you know, that's like, it. all right. Uh, that's it. I hope. I hope. Have fun.
1: You know, I mean, oh, if you if you're if you're not around to make decisions, that's what happens, right?
0: <laughs> yes, this is what happens, and he, it's his fault that he wasn't around. Right, he, he walked out. He, he right. So yeah. Uh, the maximum twins land in New York and are instantly swarmed by press who want to hear their story uh, and their tie to the Avengers. They ask if the twins could be trusted, but Tony reassures them that they are getting a chance at redemption by joining the team. Cap and Rick Jones arrive and see the media frenzy outside Avengers Mansion. The news is making a big deal about losing the Hulk and Thor and wonders if adding criminals is the best idea. Cap uses an underground tunnel to get into the mansion, and once there, he is greeted by Hank and Janet and Iron Man, um, and Iron Man explains that they all need to talk. Cap apologizes for being reckless with Zemo, but turns his attention to the fact that the Wasp and Giant Man are leaving the team. He asks Thor about Thor's whereabouts, and Iron Man confirms that Thor has left as well. Just as he's trying to get an understanding of the landscape, Iron Man then tells Cap that he's leaving the team too. He says while he started the team, he knows that it can go on and be better without him, and he's passing the torch of leadership to Captain America. He explains that Cap's spirit helped galvanize the team, and points out his importance to keeping their priorities status. Steve still feels undecided, especially considering now that they have three former criminals in their ranks, but they reassure him that if anyone could redeem those guys, it's crap. Steve tells them he still feels like a man out of time and without a home, and he is assured that his home is there in Avengers Mansion with his team. In another part of the mansion, Hawkeye and Quicksilver have a uh a, a quick measuring contest <laughs> after the archer introduces himself to the twins. Cap looks over the Avengers Charter one last time, and after a conversation with Rick Jones, he decides that while there's nothing you can trust in the world anymore, the Avengers will be that thing. Iron Man, Wasp, and Giant Man say their goodbyes whilst reminiscing about the good they've accomplished with creating the team. Everyone seems pretty re- re- relieved <laughs> to return to their normal lives. We see Cap. Uh oh. Well, Tony has a conversation with agent Mert about the continuation of the Avengers under captain America and everything seems to be going well. And we see a press conference to witness the official unveiling of the new Avengers roster that makes up cap as the leader with Hawkeye, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. And he promises not to let anybody else down. And uh, we get the final words, Avengers assemble, but the more hollowed words, Are what actually ends this comic. And there came a day, a day unlike any other, when Earth's mightiest heroes and heroines found themselves united against a common threat. On that day, the Avengers were born to fight the foes no single superhero could withstand. Through the years, their roster has prospered, changing many times, but their glory has never been denied. Heed the call then, for now. The Avengers symbol and that that was a, a terrific uh arc there I, yeah. I love how that all came together in the end i love how cap isn't just store fire you know he's still like i i'll do my best man like <laughs> i'll try i'll be what i want to see of the world because what i want of the world doesn't seem like it exists like he he has a huge distrust over everything that's gone on, you know, and, and he <clears throat> wants to be that straight out that 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 straight edge that the rest of the world can lean on and thus come straighter. You know, they, they talk <clears throat> all the time about like when Cap talks, people stand up straighter and people, you know, like <laughs> yeah. when, when Captain America's around people 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 puff up their chest more and stand straighter and, and their chin rises a bit and this almost showcases that like even he has to live up to himself. In this instance and and be The beacon of hope uh, not only for These three fledgling supervillains But for this team For the public um, For the world at large and what a Beautiful telling a, a humble Telling of This ragtag group that would Go on to lead a Two three five billion dollar Franchise uh, somewhere Down there yeah, right so I loved it I, I definitely love this Story um, it continues so go out, ladies and gentlemen, and, and and follow up on the rest of this as it's being told. This was a, a a quaint story to go back to, like I said, where where things are now with most with the multiverse and dimensions and all the crap that's happening with DC and people trying to predict C Wars. It was cool to get something a bit tighter. A bit more concise, something that speaks To the early days of Marvel and why it, Any of the characters were able to get off the ground To begin with, this was a cool like, uh, History lesson In um, in, But it also includes a bit of modern Point of view So you kind of yeah. get the best of both worlds with this um, Anything you'd like to say about the comic before we Head out of here?
1: No, I mean, that's exactly why I I chose this because this this story like i said is 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 a big nostalgia trip and it's a nostalgia trip to go mm-hmm. into to kind of like I, I find makes you appreciate the history that now even in the mcu is moving past but also makes you realize hey man as many things as change stuff comes back right because we all know yeah that eventually thor and iron man jo- rejoin the team hank pym and the wasp come back constantly and the roster is constantly changing that's that eventually becomes a um a staple of the avengers like every you know 20 or 30 or 40 issues it's like all right who's the team now you know what i mean you know you get yeah. you, you you eventually get people like you know even even different members of the fantastic four join the avengers you get you get, um, you get uh, different X-Men members, right? Eventually, like Beast and Wonder Man become like the terrific duo on the adventures. You get um, yeah, you get different generations of heroes, you get another version of Ant Man, right? There, there eventually is a third Ant-Man that joins the team. You get there's so many. There, I, I'm trying to think of them all, but there's so... you get different cosmic heroes. You get Nova, and you get you know um, uh, a guy by the name of, of Justice. Who who eventually goes on to become one of the founders of the Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, you get Firestar, huh? <laughs> you know, you know. You, There's so many people who Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man and Wolverine and and yeah. so and so, yep. Thunderstrike. You get this revolving door thing at uh, one point. The thing, right? Like I said, every every member of the Fantastic Four eventually joins the team at one point or another. Uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist you know a uh, daredevil even right Sw- squirrel girl you know all these all these crazy <laughs> all these crazy characters that join this team eventually it just become black panther you know it just becomes the thing that you look forward to so i, I tell for me right. like i remember the end of age of ultron i got so giddy to see the new team, to see War Machine, Vision, and Scarlet Witch, you know, and Captain America is like, all right, who's on the new team? And Black Widow's like giving him the, the quick rundown. Well, we got this person and this person, and, you know, this person has an issue or two, whatever, whatever. He's like, ah, it's all right, we'll work it out. You know, we'll make the team work yeah so so the idea that like
0: that end- hindsight with this with the knowledge of this me- means more <laughs>
1: right right so so like the idea that end game is now leading into this very convoluted um uh, uh, uh fourth how do you say the fourth phase yes i get it yeah but it's all leading to something to where when we do get that next avengers team it's it's gonna be big it's going to be big. It's going to be this this cavalcade of different heroes. It's going to be you know uh, Captain Marvel and Photon and uh, Kamala Khan and probably Moon Knight. <laughs> M- Moon Knight. Yeah, it's going to be this crazy. It's going to be this crazy team that in in ten or fifteen years people are going to be like, "Hey man, remember that cool team in Avengers Secret Wars?" You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be it's like, i don't think people are going to remember it like oh phase 4 sucked it's going to be like oh yeah phase 4 led into this crazy thing but i also think that you know disney and the mcu they're learning from this and they're they're making it tighter you know they're they're, they're fixing things they're tightening things up so i think phase 5 and phase 6 are going to be more precise so they're learning from from their from their you know quote unquote mistakes and i think things are going to get tighter and just remember, at the end of the day, you have you always have the comic books. And for yeah, those of you, do. I again I, I want to highlight that yeah, this was all based off of Stan and Jack's original vision, but Joe Casey and Scott Collins did a beautiful job. I mean, the artwork by Scott Collins, the man is one of the the darlings really of good the- stuff. Yeah, um, you know, if uh, just to highlight him, he had a tremendous run on the Flash. For those of you who want to read some DC stuff and want some amazing art, he did a Jeff Johns run with. He did a run with Jeff Johns, another great writer uh, with the Flash. Uh, he he also drew a story called Beyond, which if you are into that Secret Wars kind of stuff. He, you know, you look up that story. It was done by uh, a man I miss tremendously, Dwayne McDuffie, and he drew the interiors on it. It's it's Rest kind of me. a yeah yeah. Uh, if you love the Justice League animated series, Dwayne McDuffie wrote a tremendous amount of that, uh, and then he unfortunately died at a very young yep. age of a heart attack right before he became a more prominent comic book writer. So, but if you look at that story beyond, yeah. I would highly recommend that for Scott Collins' art and Joe Casey. Joe Casey has had a tremendous run in comics. He's written stuff like like this. He even wrote a sequel to this called Earth's Mightiest Heroes Two, but Scott Collins does not yep. uh, draw it. Will Will Rosado draws it, and it's it's like it's basically a condensed version of the next. I want to say like forty issues of the Avengers, where you know Black Panther eventually joins the okay. team, and even characters like White Tiger. It gets really into the the lesser known characters, and it's it's a great follow up. Um, but Joe Casey also wrote, you know, he's done he had runs on X Men on Cable, and he's done a tremendous amount of uh, independent stuff. And for those of you who are fans of Joe okay. Kelly. If, if you're fans of Joe Kelly, he is part of the Joe Kelly team called Man of Action. So if you, if you know anything oh. that Joe's done in comics and outside of comics, Joe Casey probably either did it with him or, or alongside him in some way. So yeah, there's, there's tons to, to read by these people. Um, and just, just keep looking for it. Because even when the shows fail you, the comic books are always there.
0: And they will fail you. It just, it just happens. Um, happens. Big big props to to Joe Casey for being able to put himself in the shoes of a writer 40 years ago and kind of add, um, you know, so much meaning to what, as you've admitted here multiple times, sometimes the the changes are purely editorial. He's had to add motive and meaning to why certain things happened in the occurrence of the Avengers uh, first starting that that's got to be hard to do so big props there um, we were and you're about you know looking forward and moving back those are two things we'll be doing next on major issues podcast the very next episode of the major issues podcast will be going over the best and the worst of 2022 when it comes to comics television shows and movies uh, we'll be telling you guys what stuff we really love loved liked and what stuff we did not dig all that much. And then after that, we're going to look at the slate. I don't know what DC slate looks like right now. But we're going <laughs> to look at the slate of television shows and movies that we're supposed to be getting in 2023 alongside some of the comic book sensitations uh, to see if we can predict what things would go well and what things will go wrong. I'm actually sometime this week probably going to listen to our last predicting to see how much we called Of all that went uh, awry this year. Um, But the only way to make sure that you're tuned into that is to tune in when we do those episodes. We drop the Major Issues Podcast every single Wednesday. uh, Knock on wood, knock on vibranium. We try to give you guys the best that we can, the latest and greatest in comic books and comic book media reviews. uh, Every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast is available at comicbookclick.com. So one stop for all things comic book click articles written by us is the quickest way to get to our shop where uh you can hit that shop cbc button purchase some shirts for christmas for t on t public all the designs are made by me and we get a kickback for every single sale um if you buy any of the merch and you take a picture uh, tag us we'll go ahead and post you guys uh, of seeing our designs out there in the wild super cool it helps connect the click so uh keep going and doing that it, help support us if you want to help support us more monetarily uh, you can consider becoming a patreon at patreon.com says CBC Clubhouse where for as little as three dollars a month ten cents a day you help us keep our lights on here and help us afford the hardware and the software we're gonna need in the future I will tell you this and I say it all the time but we really 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 have some uh, bigger then, life ideas coming for next year. The team seems to be tightening its ranks. We seem to all be getting better at what we do, which means it's time to do more. Uh, so, get ready for some significant growth and some, some significant avenues. Comic book click will be going to in the future. But we need your help. Go and follow us wherever we are on social media. Facebook at ComicBookClick. Instagram at ComicBookClick. The hashtag comicbookclick to talk about new, hottest, latest and greatest things to come to comics and comic book media. We're at Major Issues CBC on Twitter. Uh, we have a Twitch channel that might be starting up soon. Wherever you can find us. And so is the Major Issues Podcast. We're on Stitcher, Pod, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, Google it, Major Issues Podcast, and we'll be the first ones that pop right up. Because I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books, comic book media. I can't tell you how we do it, because if I do, next thing you know, The Rock is playing Captain America, and nobody wants that. So I can't (laughs) miss the timeline. I can't tell you. Yes, I can't tell you how we become the latest and greatest. You have to get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full. We're on our march to 10,000 followers on Facebook. Uh, join us for that great, great accomplishment. But if you can't join us there, make sure that you can join us next week to talk about the best and worst of 2022. But uh, that's all I've got for this episode. My name is George Dorano, a.k.a. The Don.
1: And I am B-Rogue for days, Mr. Alex.
0: And remember, whether you're as small as an ant or as giant, as a giant, whether you're a Santa soldier, or reformed criminal, or a gentle butler, remember to assemble. Remember we are the click and always remember that you, yes you, are worthy.